Yo, we are back. The Sports Bag Bros podcast is back for the Thursday before the Super Bowl, number 58. Yes, is team-wise, Kansas City, the Chiefs, the defending champs, taking on the San Francisco 49ers, the favorites, even though it went from two, I think one and a half the last time I saw. It's on now. Yeah, just a few days away. Uh, I saw a couple of injury reports. Um Chiefs might be missing a uh, uh, offensive lineman. Um, there was a report from the 49ers. They're practicing on that bogus field, but no injuries or no other issues to report at this time. So it seems like things are going well. Hopefully, um, yeah, I'm sure they're not even practicing hard now, you know, no, being the third day. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they should be past uh, the danger zone for injuries on that field. And I'm still thinking all oh, this week might have been somewhat of walkthroughs as well, just with a little bit more intensity in terms of the way you run your route if you're a route runner. You know, I, I think as far as in the trenches, those guys aren't really getting after like that. Just this point of the year anyways, you don't normally do that kind of thing because the wear and tear from the, the season itself has gotten you here. Everybody on both teams are bruised, bumped, etc. Now we have an extra game this year, 17 games in the season. And so now you look at the teams are even more beaten up and bruised. So there isn't anyone really smiling. They're doing it for the camera because it's the Super Bowl. Everybody has their bumps and bruises. The real battle of attrition and the game itself on Sunday is going to be, well, who's hurt the least or who can really grind it out the best and do it in vain because that's what you're at right now this time of the season. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, you have – Mahomes versus Purdy. Purdy seems to be on the rise, even though mm-hmm. he gets a lot of hate. Um, but you can argue Mahomes hasn't been playing at a Superman level either. Uh, you know what? And, you know, he well, hasn't been putting up 350-yard games and four touchdown games. But with so, him. But we know his talent. We know his talent, but do we know or do we look at what has happened and the reason why he was prevented from doing what we know Mahomes for doing, which is getting the ball to his receivers? The receivers this year, they were more of a story or just the same story as Mahomes, <laughs> dropping passes and keeping him from being what he's always been. Travis Kelsey's been the saving grace, the blanket, the safety blanket. Even though he's, he's had a bunch of drops. And he's had drops. I was about to say that. And he's had drops. So Mahomes can only throw the ball to these guys. They got to catch it. That's their job. Right. And, I, and, you know, based on the games I've seen him in this season, it wasn't like he was making errant throws. It was just going to some players' hands, and they were not catching the ball. Either deflecting the ball is getting picked off, or it was just, well, deflecting the ball, and it was getting picked off. Those are the two options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying we, we know what Mahomes is. Yeah. Uh, we we I don't even – can he get much better? He, he probably can play better, but as far as development, he's probably developing yeah. as far as he's going to go. But part, Purdy, he's still learning. He's still growing. And he's trying to ascend to that level. And even though he has a high uh, completion percentage, he has the highest QBR in San Francisco 49er history, he yeah. still gets a lot of hate. People people want to say he's a game manager. I mean, what exactly is a game manager? You know, we talked about it after, after the games last week. Or I mentioned he's a winner. That's That's all I care about. You know, you can say he was absolute trash for three quarters. And he was, but when the game mattered yep. and he needed to make the plays, he made the plays. And at the end of the game, he left with the W. That's all that matters. He had to use his feet. He had to use his arm. He he did whatever was necessary. That, to me, is a winner. And I'll take a winner over a, a guy who they say has the most talent in the world any yep. day. If that's the truth, all you got to do is just win, baby. I'm not saying over Mahomes, though. I'm just saying uh, – for anyone. For example, yeah. Yeah, for anyone. I mean, if, if you're the quarterback on the Super Bowl winning team, well, you're a champion as well as they are. You know, we can look at just Trent Dilfer. We look at what the Baltimore Ravens defense was historically back then, and Trent Dilfer, still the quarterback who happened to be on that team, didn't have to do much, became a champion because of it. Brad Johnson, <clears throat> the same thing when he was down in Tampa, and Tampa got their Super Bowl the first time. But now you're seeing these things because it's Brock Purdy, they're talking about a system quarterback. Now, what exactly is a system quarterback? I can understand, like, if you're talking about the run and shoot, that's a system, a quirky system. It never did anything outside of the regular season. 
Now you're talking the red gun, but they had up there in Buffalo. Was that really a system, or is Jim Kelly that damn good? And you had Andre Rising. I mean, um, not Andre Rising. And you had Andre Reed. And you had James Lofton. Excellent players. Right. I don't know. I, I just want to challenge anybody listening, anybody watching. If you, you don't believe Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, I'm not even saying a great quarterback. But if you, you don't think he, he's even good, I challenge you, watch his highlights. See his back shoulder throws that are on the money. See his bombs that his runners in stride, receivers in stride. Like they just drop right there for them. They don't even have to slow down. They don't have to reach out. It's just right there. You know, that that's not those are not throws that every quarterback can make. They might do it in a once in a while. Yeah. I mean, this the sun shines on the dog's ass every once in a while, too. But to see his consistent throws, I'm telling you. Um, where some throws you, the linebackers hand is right there and the ball just barely goes over his hand right yep. into the receiver on the run. I mean, he, his his precision, his accuracy, he, he's not a game manager. Yeah, and you listen to some of the people, if not a lot of people who keep using the same arguments and those arguments are so freaking ridiculous and stupid. They talk about he's being carried by the players. Well, which offensive player or quarterback hasn't been carried by other players? Does Joe Montana do the same things without Dwight Clark? Without Jerry Rice, without John Taylor, without Raffman, without Brent Jones. Well, uh, he didn't have uh, – did he have Brent Jones? Yeah, I think Brent Jones was there for one of the seasons, and he was there, a couple of them. But anyways, but how do these quarterbacks play well, become legacy quarterbacks, without the players to help them to do it? This is a team sport to begin with. And because Brock Purdy has Debo Samuels, he has Christian McCaffrey, he has George Kittle, he has all of these players <clears> around him, he's the guy who still has to get the ball to him. And as you said – when you throw the ball and it's just barely missing the linebacker's hands and dropping it to the receiver's hands, bro, that's talent, man. That's right. not just the, the player just making the big play. He's making the big play and the receiver's facilitating the play. Right. And you, you reminded me of something as you were talking. Um, San Francisco went to the to the Meadowlands to face the Giants in, in the playoff game. I remember that. It was early in the game. Might have even been the first possession. They hit Rice on the slant, and he's gone. Something happens, he loses control of the ball, fumble, and I think they lose 45-3, to three, or whatever the score was. It was a three. But if that – if Jerry Rice was Kadarius Tony, would the 49ers have been the 49ers? <laughs> he was really – He obviously made up – he made up for that mistake. You know, he's, he's the GOAT receiver. But – Early on his rookie season, that's what he was known for. He had that fumble when he was off to the races to go to the house. Yeah, he was and dropping balls and camp. They were having thoughts about him and trading him when he was dropping passes. Yeah, and everyone's saying that could have been a different game if they were up 7-0. Instead, he fumbles the ball, and it's all downhill from that moment. So, yeah. you know, you talk about Montana had this guy, Montana had that guy. The quarterback has to get them the ball, but the yep. receivers also have to make the catches. It, it's it goes hand in hand. I mean, you're not going to be a great receiver and you have a trash quarterback. You can you can say I, I'm the most talented ever, but if you don't have the numbers to back it up, yep. Kind of reminds me of what people were talking about today. I looked at one of these threads and they were talking about the top running backs ever, and they said Barry Sanders and I think Eric Dickerson and Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson doesn't deserve to be on it. They're still looking at the talent that he had and not the production that he had. The numbers don't back up the talent. You know, football is football. You get injured because of things that happen in football. He was one of those players, regardless of talent, who had gotten hurt because of you know, the injuries that happened in football. And because of that, he can't be held in the same esteem or even the same sentence production-wise as some of the better running backs in the NFL, even some mediocre running backs, only because he doesn't even eclipse their numbers. Eddie George, a better running back than Bo Jackson when you look at the career. Yeah, I would have to say, because I didn't see that thread, but I'm I'm thinking whoever started it is thinking from aesthetics, right? Yeah. Um, because Barry, Barry just when, when he wasn't running for minus nine yards, he was very pleasing to watch. Same thing with Dickerson. And same thing with, uh, who's the other guy I mentioned? Oh, you Barry mentioned? 
Yeah, Bo Jackson, of course, Bo Jackson. Yeah. But if you want to go there, aesthetics, then I say Gale Sayers. To me, he's the smoothest of all of them. But yeah, juking the same but, way. But what's, the, but what's the truth? Durability, well, longevity, and production. And, and that's what makes you don't hold up. That's supposed to make you a Hall of Famer, the longevity. And even though Gale Sayers didn't have the longevity, he did enough electric plays or had enough electric plays and was so transcendent in the position he played, doing it everywhere, running back, kickoff returns, punt returns, to where he's in the Hall of Fame with a shortened career. But, you know, having someone like Bo Jackson, man, because you're looking at the Bo Nose commercials, and if you grew up in that era, you just felt what Bo Jackson was. The personality was bigger than the actual play. He probably played baseball better than he did football. You know, and he was going to probably have a better trajectory as a baseball player than even football. But as it turned out, yeah, you, I don't think you can make that kind of a comparison. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know because he was he was electric on the football field. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying because ultimately he would have gotten hurt the way he ran the ball. The same yeah, way. But I'm saying if he didn't get hurt, I, I don't know if he's better in baseball than he was football. Man, this guy was hitting those home runs. Man, he was striking out a lot, but he finally yeah, but he was hitting two sixty. He, he was. I mean, Pete Cavilla hit a lot of home runs too. And by the way, he was also getting those freaking singles, man. That should have been outs. <laughs> you hit him in the shortstop. Yeah, he balls down in the alley that nobody else got to and runs up the yeah, wall. Yeah, all of that craziness. Throw you out from the morning track. Uh, Errol Reynolds. Man, he, had, he, had, he had everything. He had everything on the baseball field. Yeah, I, I know. But five he, supposedly, I mean, he was a modern-day Jim Thorpe. You know, they talk yeah, about that's true. whatever he does, he's good at. Archery, hunting, doing this, doing that. I mean. Uh, I haven't seen it, but people, other people who have been there to see it rave about it, man. You would not believe it. Just go out there. He'll throw the ball 80 yards if he feels like it. Yeah, and I still think that he holds the record in high school in Alabama. I haven't checked it over the past several years, but <clears> at one point, he was still holding the record from Macedonia High School in Alabama, in Birmingham, outside of Birmingham, for the decathlon, I believe it is. I know a kid named Fred Beasley who ultimately went to, Huh? I, I can believe that. that. And that was way back then. Because Fred Beasley did play for Lee High School in, and Montgomery ended up going to Auburn, went to the 49ers as well. He was close to breaking it, but close meaning he was closer than anybody else have ever gotten to it. He's still far away. But Bo <clears> Jackson <throat> was that kind of a talent. But going back to Brock Purdy, man, why are people consistently talking this nonsense? Only because he's a Mr. Irrelevant. If he was a second-round draft pick like Drew Brees was, I don't think he gets any of this nonsense. People start talking about how good a player he really is Instead of pointing about this is a Mr. Irrelevant, he had a bad game, now a good game, a good game, and a bad game, he's just managing the team. I think he gets much more respect if he's a higher draft pick outside of being – see, Tom Brady was a, a low draft pick as well, but he started winning championships. After Brock Purdy gets this championship, if he does get it, I think it begins the legacy and people stop talking about <clears throat> just what he's not because if he does, he's going to get his new contract. We already know that. There's going to be other players that come because they can't keep that core for long, you know, in the NFL. Players are going to leave. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have to do it with new guys. And if he can continue to grow as an NFL quarterback, <clears and if throat> new guys come in, continue to play the way he's been playing, there you go, from good to great. And the trajectory is there. Yeah, but to your point, um, I saw a clip <clears throat> from Undisputed yesterday. It was hilarious. I should have sent it to you. <laughs> Skip was trying to bash Brock Purdy. And, and – and Richard Sherman was not having it. He was just talking over him. He's like, I'm not going to let you make that point. I'm not. <laughs> Keyshawn's over here. He's like, come on, Richard. Let him talk. He's like, no, I'm not going to let him make that point. And basically, Skip's trying to say, Brock, Brock Purdy, I almost said Josh. Brock Purdy oh. is, is Cinderella. <laughs> the Cinderella and the Super Bowl is midnight. Um, So I, I think that's what it is. People are thinking. It's a fairy tale, it, you know. It can't be true. It can't. He can't. He can't get it done. And they're just waiting for the bubble to burst. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think. I don't think he's Cinderella. I don't think there's a bubble to be burst. If you go back to last <clears throat> season, the injury was the biggest reason why they didn't move on. I mean, you can really blame that injury. So he did the same thing last season, pretty much. He just mm -hmm. didn't get the huge numbers that he's gotten this season. But he got those numbers, and people looked at him, and it was a nice, shiny car at the time, and everybody was on a bandwagon. No one was calling him a game manager. They were talking about how great he really had the potential to be. And then when he got injured, he came out and played for his teammates. 
didn't do well because of it, but we saw what he was able to do in terms of his heart. Now he continues the story this year. He has the same ups and downs as other quarterbacks. Yeah. And then he still puts up those final numbers. And they're yeah. still in the game that all the other teams want to get into. 30 other teams wanted to be here. And he's that's, there with his team. That's what it was. Skip was trying to refer to the Ravens game when he had four interceptions. And Richard's like, don't do that. Don't do that. That was a regular season game because Skip was saying on the big stage. And Richard's like, big stage is regular season. There's no big that's stage in the regular season. And, and Skip, so Skip, that's what started it all. Skip was trying to reiterate or expound on his point. Richard wasn't having it. He said, you know what? Patrick Mahomes lost to the Denver Broncos. Was that a yeah. big stage? What are we talking about here? So um, if I find it, I'll send it to you. But, man, it was hilarious. Richard was not having it. He even said, he, when, when Keyshawn was interrupting him, he even said, no, I'm not going to allow him. Not when he's trying to make an asinine point. <laughs> and that's what he's and always see, trying to do. You can see, see Skip's grill. He's, he's, getting, he's getting salty, <laughs> man. <laughs> On his own show, he's getting called out, which he needs to get called out. Yep. I mean, Shannon Sharp used to do it often, but he needs somebody new to do it to show that he is the problem. <clears throat> he is the one with the freaking poor takes on occasion, if not a whole lot of times, whether it's because that's what he really believes or he's looking for those ratings and clicks and eyeballs. Whatever, but I've heard enough of Skip over the years, decades now, of him just saying stuff. And, and uh, I'm thinking this, he really believes some of this stuff. You know what I mean? And he tries to make a real case, and he spends time making a case about nothing, and no one else agrees but him in a lot of cases. So he make, sometimes you know, he, he does a little squirrel finding a nut routine, and he does make a decent case. But now you have these two teams. You have these problems on the offensive line now with a missing offensive lineman. Now does that help the 49ers with their defensive line, which has been a problem. I think you went on a page the other day or went inside the, the YouTube chat the other day was talking about how there was a bad comparison Hargrave and Warren Sapp. I was compartmentalizing based on what he had done last year and the reason why San Francisco <laughs> brought him in because they thought, you know what? He's been that kind of a player, by the way. Even with the Steelers, it still just baffles my mind how he has just been. This is his third team, as good as he's been, coming out of South Carolina State as a third rounder. Pretty damn dominant with the with the Steelers. Then he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles in a Super Bowl year in the interior. I believe he had nine sacks, and now not nine sacks, eleven sacks. Not this year. I think he has about seven, nine sacks somewhere around it this year. But he's still that presence in the middle. And, but they were expecting a lot of what had to happen, and you expected a little more because of what he has around him, Eric Armstead and Nick Boza. I'm not even going to add Chase Young because he came late. And he was getting that in the beginning. It kind of slowed down. Yeah, it just, it just makes me wonder, like, what's going on? Because, as I mentioned on Monday, I saw the Packers run for big chunks. Big chunks. I saw the Lions run for big chunks. And on that D-line – you expect them to not allow big chunks consistently like they were or like they have been. So that that's why I, that's where I'm coming from with there's no comparison to Sap. Oh, well, well, not this season. No. I mean, he has <laughs> good ability if he continues doing what he's doing. I still think, like I said in the last episode, that Bryant Young and Dana Stubblefield interior that the 49ers once had, they have a lot of that going on right now. It's just that in the latter part of the season, now with 17 games and even more games with the playoffs added, Maybe that wear and tear does mean that much. But as to your point in terms of the Packers getting big big chunk yards up the middle and running against that defensive line, the Detroit Lions doing a lot of the same. Man, I think Isaiah Pacheco's running style, he could really exploit something like that if it's that soft. If it's a That's soft true. middle, not only can you hit that thing hard like a little mini beast mode, he has even more speed to take it to the house. That's true. Yeah, they, they're going to have to – Really shut him down, focus on shutting him down. Yeah, man, I had to, and I think, I don't know why, I don't think they think he's an afterthought. It's just that the injuries he's had never really gives people a chance to see or get a better sample size, a long enough sample size of him week in a week out to know that he can be this consistent. But now, two weeks off, everybody's had their bye week. Now, I don't know how much you get healed up in just two weeks this late the season anyway. If you had a sprained ankle, high ankle sprain, it's still sprained and it still hurts two weeks later. It doesn't go away like that. Take aspirin, do whatever, you know, do with the <laughs> thing. But 
I don't I don't know. I mean, what what does what do the 49ers do with that defense that's going to be able to slow him down? Because with a missing offensive lineman, that may be the key for them to really get after the quarterback now anyway. One missing link on that offensive line, the one position in which you have to have synchronicity. And you, you get and they're they're missing it with that one player missing. Yeah. <clears throat> if the if the Chiefs are able to run the ball, the Fortnite is gonna be in for a long day. Yep, they are. Because yep. then they, they can run the play actions and the the safeties have to come up, the court the linebackers have to stay in. Um and then that probably opens up I was gonna say Kittle, Kelsey. Yeah, that probably opens up Kelsey for play actions. You know, he already can get open. But now if the the, the linebackers and safeties are distracted by the running back and play action, he's going to have freedom to roam, basically. So it's imperative the 49ers shut down the run, or at least slow it down. But if the the Chiefs get that running game going, it's going to be – it could be a long day. And I I don't know if the 49ers will be able to do the same thing. Well, you know what? And I think that's the key right there. I don't think many people, at least that I've heard of, have talked about that Kansas City defense. They look at it as a one-off, what just happened against Baltimore. I don't think that's a one-off. I think it kind of lends itself to earlier this season, having so many opportunities out there defensively, figuring something out that actually worked towards the end of the season because the offense was the biggest problem. Now that the offense is kind of sort of coming together, the defense, because of being on the field so long, pretty much knows one another as well as they could possibly know them, and that's why the defense is playing well. They carried their defense to Buffalo, and they carried their defense to Baltimore, and now they're out in Las Vegas for a Super Bowl. I think the defense stays a lot of the same. But on the San Francisco side, they got things that they can do to improve, and they've shown it this past season they could do it. So, you know, if they change anything on defense that kind of slows down the offense, that's going to be another issue. Now can Brock Purdy and the offense – Moving mm-hmm. that defense, I just think there's just too many weapons on that 49ers team. All things equal, too, too many weapons on that 49ers team. For you're gonna have to have three, four outstanding defensive players playing outstandingly at that time to be able to match up with their three, four outstanding players. You know what? I just thought of going back to that, that Buffalo Bills uh Chiefs game. I said what if the Bills come out and they play just like when they played Dallas? They just run the ball, run the ball. Maybe Josh Allen throws nine passes all game. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. But if they did that, they probably give themselves a better chance to win because if there's an area of concern for the Chiefs' defense, it's the run game. And you look at the Ravens' game. They abandoned the run right away. Yeah. So I, I think it's the prospect of having Mahomes on the other side they get up seven zip like oh shit, uh, we we got two two straight punts and now it's ten zip oh shit, well, it, you know it's gonna be a shootout and I think that's what happened to the Ravens they panicked they abandoned the run I don't know if the Bills panicked but they should have they should have ran the ball ran the ball more so if the 49ers get Christian McCaffrey going um, I think that's their ticket to victory. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he does so many things. So you're not even talking about between the tackles or getting to the outside. He runs real wide receiver routes. He doesn't just do the flare. He doesn't just do a slant. He can go out there and give you the skinny post. He can do the flag. He can do the drag like a tight end. He can do those things and has the hands to be able to do it. And he's a nightmare to match up with if he's on a linebacker is on him. You know, safeties have a problem with him. A corner, he can do probably the most corners, if not all of them. So, yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard talk that uh, 49ers will come out in, in double tight end sets, and and I hope they do because if they do that, then they're they're obviously going to run the ball, and I think that's your ticket to to beating the Chiefs. Wear down that defense. That that may be an option, but does that kind of make Brock Purdy feel a little like they don't trust his arm? Because I believe he has the arm and the ability to move this. You do what works, but I think mixing it up will work because they do have the running back that can do that. They can set up the run to do that. And now they have the quarterback and all of those weapons that quarterback has to do a lot of those same things too, to keep the defense honest, keep them guessing. And well, I'm not suggesting, you know, Walter Payne, 28 carries or, you know, um, for, for Christian McCaffrey. But if you look at that Ravens game, the one touchdown they scored 
was after they were able to run the ball consistently. Yeah. They had a couple big chunks. And then they had a breakdown on the defense. Um, Lamar Jackson kind of scrambled, found an open receiver, touchdown. So, you know, you run to set up the pass. If they're running the ball, and in, even if they have two tight ends, they can shift out of it and then send McCaffrey out into the flat or even line them up in the slot. I'll put him in motion, man. Make that mismatch. You know what yeah. I mean? Put him in motion, give him that space because he's just as, as good as any slot receiver is going to be anyway. He's stronger than most slot receivers. He's quicker than a lot of these slot receivers. And he has hands just as well as a slot receiver or even Flecker for that matter. So, yeah, I, I just think that it's, it's an excellent matchup the way things turn out. And as you <clears> talked about with Kansas City playing against Baltimore, Baltimore having the number one rushing team in the NFL, a lot of it having to do with Lamar Jackson, who didn't get off running the way he typically would, even though he did average some good yards per carry. It just wasn't the yards that you would see him get that really would make that big difference. But then let's not forget about the mistakes that were made when he was with other teams, that you know, when other players, with Zay Flowers in particular, the mistakes that were made that prevented them from winning. You know, but Lamar throwing those bad passes as well, especially that interception, you know, in, in triple coverage pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that, that pretty much done him in. That sealed but, it. Yeah, it's pretty much sealed it. But with the 49ers, though, I just think that they just just, just have the entire package. And I think that defense has some pride. Not that the Kansas City's defense doesn't, but they weren't known even going into the season as the team with the defense. But as Bill Parcells says, all you need to do is get into the tournament. That's the playoffs. If the things change, you have a whole new season. So now the identity of this team may be the defense instead of just Patrick Mahomes, or you might just split it. And if you're splitting it, that's a huge problem for San Francisco. Yeah, so, uh, again, uh, I'm excited for this one because you got Andy Reid, you got Shanahan. There's, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cat and mouse. Um, who who calls plays for the Chiefs? Is it Nagy or is it Reid? You know what? I, you know, I, I'm almost afraid to say after what everything is. If it's Nagy, if it's Nagy, um, hey, 49ers got a real good chance. Well, but you know that Andy Reid is going to oversee it. The same story with Eric Bieniemy when people said it wasn't him, it was Andy Reid. Until we kind of saw a little bit this past season that it was probably more of Bieniemy than he had gotten credit for. I'm thinking Andy Reid still oversees anything that's done offensively. He's going to help script these plays and what they're going to do initially. And then, of course, Nagy has to do his job. See, um, and, and and we'll ultimately see how he calls the game outside of what Andy Reid tells him to do or they planned on. You got to think out of the box. You just can't go with the scripted plays the entire game. That's true. So, are we making our picks now, or are we waiting to the end of the show? Uh, well, we, we can make our picks now, and I'll go first because I'm going to go with who got me there. Even though things have changed a lot since from August <clears> till now, when we made our first pick, in fact, the beginning of September. So now things have changed. We thought, at least I thought, we both thought San Francisco and Baltimore may be the two teams. Well, I think you had Cincinnati. I had Cincinnati. Yeah, so Baltimore didn't get there. Cincinnati didn't get there. So I'll go with the other team that I came with, even though things kind of changed. But I don't think they changed enough. I think this is still a lot of the San Francisco team that we've seen throughout the season. I'll go with San Francisco. I know the Mahomes factor does matter, and it is a factor. I just think too many weapons for the 49ers offensively. And that defense does have some pride. They've been run on for the past couple of games. They're going to kind of get it together and get after the quarterback finally because that hasn't been happening. I mean, Nick Bowles has gotten his two interceptions, uh, sacks in the last game. But I think the entire front four does a little bit of that rendition of what Denver did to Carolina a couple of years ago, the game that made Cam Newton a coward. <laughs> well, I hope you're right. Um, you know what? We both picked San Francisco before the season to go to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I had Cincinnati going, but Burrow got hurt, so their chances were done. Yeah. What was that, week six? Um, so I was thinking with the 49ers, too. I picked them at the beginning of the year. Um, you mentioned all the weapons. I just think uh, they're, they're going to come up with a good game plan, and I, I got them going 27-20. I got. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't believe in the Chiefs' defense, especially on the ground. I think once the 49ers get the ground game going, they soften them up. It opens up the entire offense. Now you can, you can run play action, and you got Kittle. You have Ayuk. You got Samuel. Even Jennings makes plays. 
Um, and, and then you got the smoke screens and who knows, there might be a, a trick play. Uh, I, I just think they offensive tackle catches something. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they just they like you mentioned, they got too many weapons at their disposal. I don't think Kansas City is gonna be able to slow them down enough to win. Yeah, and, and they're favorite for a reason, even though it was just two points. Now it's down to one and a half because now everybody, like they always do on Super Bowl week, they decide to put their money up. The people who just like uniform colors or just like a certain player, they start putting that money up. I've heard of Mahomes, Mahomes before, never really heard of Jock, uh, Brock Purdy. Let me put some money on the Kansas City, and that's how it got down to one and a half. But, yeah, I think when you look at just what's been done throughout the season and even looking into the playoffs, uh, I mean, the 49ers pretty much delivered. It's, the onus is, is still going to be on Brock Purdy, but I think this is going to be the kingmaker game for him to where he shuts up the critics. They're still going to be out there, but he'll shut up the critics after winning and then now go on to have a career to where he's probably going to be in the same spot at some point again in his career, whether it's the next season or seasons in the future, he's going to be that quarterback as long as they can keep that team around him. It's not going to take away from Mahomes either because they may have a rematch just the same because Mahomes is that quarterback and they've already shown that they can still put players around him. Now, I have heard stories about Andy Reid retiring. I don't know if that's true or not. He's getting up there in age. He's getting up there, and, that's, and I think he's an X factor, period. Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach, one of the greatest to ever do it, especially with an offensive mind. But those two may meet up again between Mahomes and, and Brock Purdy in the future because Mahomes is just that kind of a talent. Right, and looking at the teams in the NFC, how many teams do you think really can challenge the 49ers consistently? Not in their division, especially. <laughs> Not in their division. Come on. <clears throat> the Rams all looking a little better than I expected this past season. Seattle, I think, is taking several steps back. Now that Pete Carroll's not there, mm -hmm. I think they're starting from scratch. Yeah, so, they're in transition. Yeah, and in Arizona, they're still there. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Kyler Fritz yeah, Murray, the quarterback. <clears throat> but what, what's a young quarterback's best friend? A run game. What's the second best game? A tight end, George Kittle. Yep, everything across yeah. the board. So they got to get that run game going. They have the tight end. They have the guys on the outside. Debo Samuel coming around the ends, jet sweeps and whatnot. Uh, Chiefs got worried about a lot of different things. Exactly. Now, Debo Samuel's health is always going to be an issue because as big as he is, as strong as he is, he's pretty reckless out there because he tries to make plays. But the smallest thing is like that Ferrari, man. You know, you get a pissed off girlfriend, she keys the Ferrari, and then damn, it looks screwed up. And that's what he looks at sometimes. He looks pretty damn screwed up from the slightest little thing. But they do have other weapons in the event that he does go down. But he's such a huge weapon. I think 1A and 1B with Christian McCaffrey between the importance they have. I mean, the quarterback, of course, the guy who has the ball in his hand every play along with the center. But as far as being able to make those plays, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. You know what? I think George Kittle may get the ball a lot more in this game because he's been forgotten about in the past couple of games. Could be. But let's get into that. What did you call him? Oh, that coward, Cam oh, Newton. Cam Newton. Yes, that guy who's now I don't know, I don't, used to be a – I used to like Cam Newton, man. College and all, so forth. Now, bro, this hanging around agent zero rings or something, man. These guys are dying for attention. Just, yeah. saying it, just to say it, like Skip Bayless. But he called Brock Purdy the 10th best player on, on his team. And I, I saw I, – you can't believe everything you see on the internet. So no, you I, can't. Don't, I don't think he said it. But they attributed – several people who, who commented on it. And yeah. it, included, it was including um, – who, who called them? Uh, Warren Sapp spoke on it. So yeah. I'm thinking there's some validity too. Yeah, I co-signed Warren Sapp's comments. But there, there was a meme – or a quote attributed to Brock Purdy saying, I may not be the, the 10th best player on my team, but I know there's 90 quarterbacks in the NFL and Cam Newton isn't one of them. I'm like, that's a great clapback if he said it, but I don't believe that, that, man. That's an ovation back. <laughs> oh boy, got an ovation for that one. Because typically quarterbacks try to keep to themselves, and especially now you got such an important game in front of you, you're not trying to go back and forth with someone like Cam Newton or anybody else for that matter who's trying to shoot you down every chance he gets. But, yeah, if he said it, more power to him because Cam Newton is not showing him any respect. And I don't – I mean, Warren Sapp, like you said, you co-signed on it. Of course I'm going to co-sign on it going against with Cam Newton, especially after what he did against the Denver Broncos. 
when he pretty much punked out of the damn game yeah. with a real opportunity on the line. Had a, a chance to recover a fumble and chose not to. Nope. You big? You're talking about how big you are? And was it? What, didn't Warren well, say? When, when you score touchdowns and you're opening, doing the Superman, Superman yeah. and you have a chance to show your Superman and – That might have been kryptonite down there. He's getting away from it. <laughs> you know, forget about that ball. It's green. But yeah. yeah, and then you know, I think what they said, Warren Sapp said it, don't act like you're that guy when you wasn't that guy, you just a running back who threw the ball. And then of right. course the Lamar Jackson the, and this comment started coming out. Really? Man, between Warren yeah. Sapp and that, that's, a, that's another reason why I'm picking the 49ers. Uh, Brock Purdy doesn't have that hanging over his head. Am I a running quarterback? Do I have to prove I can pass no, the ball? Exactly. Just prove this has to do his job. Back. He just had to prove he can get his ball to the guys the way he's been doing all season long. You know what happens? Four interceptions against Baltimore and San Francisco. Bro, this is an NFL season. This is a long NFL season. The mental grind, the physical grind, you're going to have bad games. No one's going out of this season, especially with an extra game with just a handful of interceptions. I mean, they're going to just they're going to throw their interceptions, and when they come, they come. And he's still, with that, has his team in the Super Bowl with a chance to be the champions for this year. And so, yeah, you can say what you want about Brock Purdy, man. This is a kingmaker game for him, in my opinion. And once this is settled, he will be up there with the elite quarterbacks. I think this past season, he's already up there with elite quarterbacks. Based <clears> on who's <throat> out there right now. So what happens if he has a game where he's 21 out of 27, three touchdowns, one pick, but they lose like 31-28? Or that pick was taken to the house, <laughs> bro. Well, let's bro, say it's the first quarter pick that, you know, that nobody he, remembers. He's gonna get. He's gonna, gonna get say he, he couldn't beat Mahomes, but he had a fucking great game. Yeah, but he's gonna get the blame because we look at what happened with Lamar Jackson just now. Of course, his record against Mahomes is crap. It's one and four now after the loss, and then before the game, he was. But talking if he's twenty-one him. out of twenty-seven, three three touchdowns, this, you already know. If you're talking about people being sensible. Then they're like, man, this dude had a great game and met there's more to come with him in the future. But people who just like yeah, that. Because yeah, like Jalen Hurts last year. Jalen Hurts had the, the horrible man. fumble. But then he played his ass off after Jaylen, that. Jalen Hurts killed it last season. Right. But then nobody said, oh, he he's not that good. Or look, Cinderella, the clock struck oh, men. There, no, there were people talking about Jalen Hurts, man. When he, not man, after the Super Bowl. Yeah, your crew of people, which was the majority – Saying that he played well, man. That dude went light out, lights out, man. They let him down, and then you had the little little faction out there of people saying, "Well, I told you he wasn't yeah. that good to begin with. He couldn't bring it home." And all the nonsense. They You're always gonna have some exactly some that faction. There. Now, I'm talking about sensible people. Yeah, because you don't take those guys old. serious. But I'm still just thinking that people who think they know about be- football, because because there's gonna be if the 49ers win, there's gonna be people who troll Mahomes. See, he's not that good. See, you shouldn't compare him to Brady. Of course. You, I mean, you're hearing he, that now. Trolls are going to troll. Yeah, trolls are going to troll. So I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking but, about you know what? But you, you can identify trolls. If you're in a group long enough, you can identify the trolls. And then you can look at some of the people if you go to enough groups that you can see them on occasion. If you go often enough and you can see they say something that's sensible. And they say it more often than not. But then they come with something like – I'm a home saying, you know what? I think he's a system quarterback. I think it's Andy Reid. I think that it's Travis Kelsey. I don't think he's as good as they're saying he is. He's good, but he's not an all-time great. Now, I think he's in the argument now of all-time great. I don't think you can really say that right now because his career, his career isn't over. I don't even believe it's halfway over. You know, unless something catastrophic would have happened. But you get these sensible people who just want to be the guy who says that he wasn't all that good after all. Even after all the accolades, he did lose the Super Bowl. But that doesn't mean anything. Tom Brady lost Super Bowls too. And people are still claiming he's one of the greatest. So if not the greatest, I think he is. You know, And I had John Elway in, you know, before him. But either way, you're always going to have some people out there, whether they're trolls or whether there are people who think they know or say they know about football. And sometimes they speak enough to make you think they do. And they'll say something like that. Do you have John Elway number one? I, bro, we had our list. Yeah, but I don't remember that. I thought you had Brady number one. Oh, no, no. I'm saying before Tom Brady. That's what I said. Before Tom oh. Brady had John Elway number one. That was always my guy in terms of, bro, watching him play, seeing what he's done. And I, I understand <laughs> the, the Terrell Davis deal. And then I remember the second time when he had to really show his heart and got propeller them inside and, from the hit. 
man, John Elway, I always thought was that guy. And you, I was like the only dude picking him. <laughs> so, but Tom Brady, yeah, yeah, I have him in front of him now because you just can't. Uh, I, I just, I just needed clarification. Oh no, no, no! See, he's just number two now because Tom Brady's number one. But I think um, Mahomes, of course, is ascending quickly. Yeah. So NBA trade deadline, man. No, no real big splashes. No big splashes. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, what Patrick Beverly was traded? No big deal. <laughs> I mean, there's no big yeah. deal. Nice name, but no big deal. He's a but do, you, do you think that that's an admission of from the from the Bucks that they probably shouldn't have traded Drew Holiday? It has to be. I mean, come on, <laughs> what, what more can you say? This dude's averaging like six yeah, points a day. Beverly's not Drew Holiday. <laughs> he's not. He's not they, Drew needed Holiday. Some, they needed some toughness because nobody plays defense over there. Man, and now that you have Doc Rivers and him all this money, and he's known for his defensive teams. What are you going to do? Force Dame to play defense? He does have the athleticism to do it, but you have to have the willingness to want to do it. Giannis is definitely going to do that. Effort, man. Even Chris Middleton. I think 70% of defense is effort. That's what it is. It Look, effort doesn't cost you not even talent. Effort only costs you sweat. And actual effort. That's it. That's yeah. all it takes. You know, but there are people <clears throat> who say, I'm a basketball player. No, you're an offensive basketball player. You know, you, you have the Carmelo <laughs> Anthony types. That What's defense? The James Harden types. What's defense? But they can shoot the hell out of the ball if they're playing offensively. And that's what we yeah. have in the NBA now. That's why you see these ridiculous scores every freaking night. Over, under, 275, like it's an all-star game. Yeah, there's been a bunch of 135 to 129. Crazy, man. Yeah, that's like the, the late 70s, early 80s. About, you know what? I'm about to say the same. I remember <laughs> the, the, the late 70s, man, the early 80s, when they were just scored all those damn points. He's like, man, and the three-pointer wasn't even there. <laughs> yep. But I think it's interesting Philly traded for Buddy Heald. I don't know how much he's going to help them without Embiid, but when Embiid comes back, that's a shooter. Bro, and people out shooter, for a while, though, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's out but, for a while. About, what, about a month? At least. And who knows and, how yeah. he comes back. And then reevaluated him? But I'm saying Buddy Heald, Max has been shooting really well. Tobias yeah. Harris can shoot. Now you got Heald out there, too. They can really open the floor for him. Well, now all they're going to need is MB coming back. Now, forget the, the MVP talk. He's out, for, he's out of that. Oh, if he comes yeah. back and he can do anything because you're going to have to grind, he's not going to be 100% because <clears throat> from surgery like that. He's going to just have to grind and see how far he can take them. But how far can he take them? Are they even going to be a factor with a, a decimated MB regardless of who else they have on the team and you still have the Celtics playing the way they're playing? I don't think too much is going to change with the Celtics. This isn't one of those years you're wondering if, if someone's going to do something historic like, like, the, like the Golden State Warriors did years ago with the wins record. You know, you just have good teams now that are better than what Philly has, even with Embiid, especially an, in, an injured Embiid. Right. But a healthy Embiid with healed, yeah. again, that's another shooter. You put him in one corner, you put Maxi in the other corner, Tobias Harris at the top of the key, and you let Embiid operate. But but is he is Embiid going to be healed completely? Because I don't think that kind of an injury in season – is something you become back. We, we don't know, but I'm saying whenever he does come back healthy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got to be healthy. Next season in terms of being no, healthy. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying like uh, a month from now. It's going to take time for him to get into game shaping. Might have to come back for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, their seating doesn't get too disrupted. I I saw another trade. Um, the Brooklyn Nets send uh, Spencer Dinwiddie to the Raptors, and the Raptors cut him, waved him as soon as they got him. So, bro, these NBA trades trip me out, man, the way they do things. Even with the draft, they, like, hold on to other teams' players. and like, yo, okay, we just held them for you so the other team can get them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um, not another trade. The Knicks made a move. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen the entire move yet. I just saw it in passing, man. I wish I could just kind of go down the list and see exactly what it is. I saw Knicks fans with the, the wide eyes open emoji. So I figured, you know well, what? Well, your boy Perk says they're the second best team in the East now. Well, you know what? The way they've been playing, but look at the injuries now. I mean, look at the injuries. Right. 
Randall is that more out. because Embiid's hurt and and the Bucks don't play defense? Well, yeah, you, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's probably true. But the Knicks are play. The Knicks are always going to play defense. Tibbs teams that Tibbs coach. He's they're always going to play defense. But the injuries that the Knicks have with Randall's injured now. Brunson just got an ankle injury. I don't know if he's even playing in the All Star game now. You know, and, and um, uh, let me see. Mitch Robinson's out for the season, so they say. And then on another hand, I'm hearing that he may not be out for the season, depending on the playoffs. You know, the, the injuries are now starting to come. You know, the Knicks were the hottest team in January. I think they were 14 and two, 16 and two, and now, you know, you start off the the, the uh, February losing the game at home to the freaking Lakers. Come on now. Yeah, man. At least they made a move. My Bulls didn't do nothing. What were they expected to do? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I know a lot of people were. were Calling about Caruso, but they didn't do anything. No. I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't know if they were expected to do anything, but something. Because uh, right now they're stuck. They're stuck in 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 the middle, the worst place to be. They're not good. They're not really bad. They're no, exactly. They're, they're, like right in the the play, they're like in the playing area. That's the worst spot to be in. But what about Levine? Didn't they talk about trading him at one point? Well, he opted out for surgery. Oh, all right. I didn't know about that. Damn. Yeah. What's the deal with Lazo Ball? I'm hearing that he may never play again. Is he going to play? Or does it even matter? I haven't heard much. I heard he may never play again before exactly. the season. Then maybe about a month ago, I heard he was maybe shooting around. There might be a possibility. Shit, it's been two years. I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying because I remember the story when Stephen A was talking about how he wasn't going to play, how he couldn't even get out of a chair, and then he puts that video up of him getting out of a chair yeah. and all that stuff. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. By the way, I mean, this is basketball right now, but today is Thursday. If you didn't know, ESPN Plus is having boxing. Tio is fighting tonight against Jermaine Ortiz, the guy who fought with um, Lomachenko and looked pretty damn good doing it, the young fighter. So that might be a nice little scrap to watch tonight if you boys want to check it out. Watching yeah, I, I saw Shakur Stevenson called Teal Goofy today. He's like, this yeah. retired guy. Who cares what we retired guys are saying? <laughs> Teal Goofy ass should win. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in watching Jermaine Taylor of Jermaine Ortiz. Jermaine Taylor. Woo. I'm I'm interested in watching Jermaine Ortiz fight, man, because even though he has fought since the Lomachenko fight. I hadn't seen that fight. I want to see if he's improved based on what he had done with Lomachenko. He did fade a little bit, but, man, he had a lot of talent, more talent than I ever thought because I never watched him fight before that. I've heard they did spar, and I understand how sparring goes. You spar with a guy enough when you do fight him in a real fight. You know, he, he knows more about your tricks and knows about the way you go about business, and he can look better than he really is. But I think this kid has the talent to do something different, posing a real threat for Tio tonight. Yeah, I don't really – I don't recall if I saw the Ortiz Lomachenko fight. I probably did, but it didn't leave a lasting impression on me. I think it was impressive because I was just I'm watching, I'm watching, watching tonight. I'm watching tonight. You know, especially since uh, this is Teal's comeback fight after retiring. Now, now, on the other hand, I want to see how he goes out and plays for comeback after retirement. Come on, back like a, a half a minute and then went to the gym. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I want to see how he does because before the Josh Taylor fight, those previous two fights were like crap fights. And then yeah, I didn't know what he was going through, what he was going through personally. And I know how that could happen and how that could really mess up your head and hurt your preparation. And then when he got everything together after the you know, before the Josh Allen fight, uh, Taylor fight, apparently he goes out there and absolutely schools him, looks like old T.O. and even better. And now I'm thinking, okay, then he gets on the mic after the the fighter says, yo, I got all this behind me. I got, I got my kid and everything. So, oh, man, you, you had some serious problems. Now that's really legitimately done. Does he now show the old T.O. or even better T.O. against young Jermaine Ortiz, man? Because Jermaine Ortiz, like I said, showed a lot of talent. And, you know, I, of course, T.O. should be. I hope, fit, but I hope he does look fun. good because, you know, he, he was one of the, the young rising stars and, yeah. and one, one of the biggest stars in boxing. Tio has superstar written on him. Right. So I hope he does look good. I think his issue was he fell in love with his power. And we probably talked about this yep. back then. He fell Absolutely. in love with his power and he was trying to knock everybody out against Taylor. 
he wasn't trying to knock him out. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna use my skills, and he boxed the shit out of him. Boxed the hell out of him. I was shocked, bro. Yeah, I was shocked in that fight, man. That's that's the guy they call Gordo. So we'll see if Gordo comes back tonight. Yeah, I was the reason why I was shocked though was because the previous two fights, I didn't know about this personal stuff going because I really would have taken that into consideration if I knew anything about what was going on out off the out of the ring. You know, if, if I heard that he had problems with his his son's mom or marriage. Man, I'd be like, all right, man, I don't know what to say about this fight. But because yeah, but, I know anything, yeah. I'm like, bro, he looked terrible the last two fights, man. Josh Taylor is that dog, man. He's going to probably take care of it. But well, he's right He's right there with the other big names, Devin yeah. Haney, uh, Ryan Garcia, Tank. Uh, I don't see anybody knocking on his door to get in the ring with him right away either. And, and Shakur still talking, the retired Shakur. He's coming back. All you have to do is give him a dollar amount and he'll be back. But how about Ryan Garcia? Sure. Still a big name, but is he a big fighter? Oh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't rank him as a as one of the top fighters, but he is a big name. So yeah, exactly a big name, man. Because yeah. social media yeah, he has, now is making he has big potential to be. He has the talent to be, but <laughs> he really, he really hasn't uh, worked on his boxing skills. You know, he he's more about making YouTube videos to impress exactly. Them or Instagram videos to impress people. That talent he had is the reason why I had taken him against Tank, which was like, bro, come on. Come on, man, because I thought yeah. the height and all that and then the left hook and everything else, forget about it. And that fortitude you have but to have. You, to you, can see, you can see he was exposed against Tank. He, oh, absolutely. He showed he <coughs> really didn't have skills. And, and that's another thing. And it surprised me that he looked so... I, I don't know, so amateurish considering yeah, the amateur right, record that he did have and the regular amateur background that he has. This is, you know, he had a lot of amateur fights, won a number of championships as an amateur, and then as a pro, he kind of like continued it, but when he fought that elite fighter that he had, the most elite fighter he's fought so far, man, he was making look like a damn kid. He looked like he yeah, didn't belong he, in there. You think his height, you know, he used his jab and he has speed and and the left hook. And they would cause oh, problems for Tank. But he didn't. He just didn't have the skills. He fooled a lot of people. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did. Absolutely. I, man, I, I don't know. I can't look at hindsight and wonder. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. But I really thought he had that skill set and that this was his going to be his moment to shine against Tank, who also has fallen in love with his power. When he has fast hands and good skill. <clears throat> but he has that ridiculous power that's game-changing. And now... You know, it, well, there, it, there's it, a yeah. video. There's a video breaking down the the first knockdown, where Garcia did the same thing three times in a row, and the first two times Tank just kind of ducked and got out of the way. Third time he ducked, but then he came over the top with yeah, the left. Yeah. Like, you can keep doing the same thing. I got it. I got something for you, homie. And yeah, you, and, you know what? And Tank, come on now. Just don't get it twisted about just him being a power puncher, even though he has fast hands. He has a ring IQ as well. He mm -hmm. processes the information just like any other fighter or even the elite fighters who process it even faster and they're able to act on it. Sometimes you can process the information and still get tagged with the same shots because you just don't have the reflexes or athleticism to get out of the way. He still was able to take care of that and time it, boom, get the knockdown and ultimately get the knockout in, in, at the end of the fight. Yep. What do you think about Riley and Pitbull? That's you know what, man. You like read my mind today, man. <laughs> Raleigh and Pitbull, man. Look, Rowley should not even have a title, man. Come on, but he does. I, that's something you can never take away from him. This guy has a freaking title, and he is so rudimentary of boxing. The biggest thing about him is his power, he's as basic as they come. But Pitbull, pretty damn basic himself, he's just a consummate brawler. Now, can he eat those shots because he doesn't necessarily care about defense? His best defense is an offense and his overall pressure. And for a guy like Rowley who doesn't really use boxing skills, just use power, well, maybe that pit bull getting in so fast, being so short from the waist down, get those legs a little quicker, closing that distance, takes away that advantage of power. And then he gets to throw his punches, uppercuts. I don't see Rowley using a lot of uppercuts throughout the times I've seen him. But pit bull uses <laughs> uppercuts because he has to. He's inside. And he's going to bang the body. He's going to go to the head. I want to see how tough Pitbull really, really, really is now because he's probably going to take a lot of heavy shots before he gets in or figures out how to get in. He took shots from freaking Tank, but then Tank got injured. So I don't know how much of that is still taking Tank's shot or because, you know what, you lucked out with Tank getting injured. 
But Pitbull, that was like my next, my, one of my favorite fighters. His last fight was crap, but he's still one of my favorite present fighters right now. Well, I was going to say, Pitbull, in my opinion, gave Tank his toughest fight. Yeah. And he, he took every punch Tank, Tank well, hit him with. Injured, got injured, injured his hand in that fight early. And that's what I'm saying. I wonder if, how much had to do with the injury and how tough Pitbull is. Maybe it's just Pitbull's hard head. It, it, that's what probably did it. <laughs> Pitbull is, yo, he's a he's the Pitbull for real. <clears throat> I, I I don't see I don't see Raleigh. He doesn't have the skill. I don't I don't see him discouraging Pitbull. Pitbull is gonna be on him. Well, if if Pitbull can get in on him quick and close that distance before he can get that full extension to get that power generated. It's, it's over for Raleigh because we've also seen against the old man that he afforded. <laughs> he got schooled in that fight, man. He got bailed out of that fight by <laughs> Kenny Weeks, uh, Tony Weeks. So, man, got Kenny Bayless and Tony Weeks mixed up. But anyways, yeah. And and, and I don't think he has to do anything <laughs> special in this fight against Roley because Roley isn't skilled like that. This isn't someone you have to worry about. If he throws this, he's throwing that. He's setting me up for this. Roley just throws punches. He's not going to even do what he had done against Tank early on that impressed people before he got knocked out there. Yeah, I, I don't know what he did that was so impressive. He didn't impress me. Well, he didn't he didn't look like a club fighter for these three rounds. That's it. <laughs> That's all. He didn't look like a club fighter. He didn't, he didn't look like get knocked round. out in the first two rounds. Oh, he must be all okay. He's decent. That's what I'm saying. He's all right now. He, he's who we thought he was, but he came and did something different. <clears throat> was like, like I, I was talking about the um the Canelo and um Daniel Jacobs fight because he um I'm mean, the Triple G and Daniel Jacobs fight because. Daniel Jacobs went the distance. People gave him more credit than he deserved, even though it's pretty much a, a pretty cross-the-board win for Triple G. But, yeah, I just think that Pitbull is going to have too much for him. And I want Pitbull to win the title anyway. And, and Ryan Garcia is upset because Pitbull had gotten the opportunity, so he's back at it with De La Hoya. He's always he path of least resistance to get him. He's always, whining. He's always huh? whining about something. Yeah. De La Hoya screwing him. This guy screwing him. Floyd gave him the best advice. Yeah, I think that dude's confused, man. He's really yeah, confused. confused dude. And a dude that probably doesn't really want to box long term anyway. You know, he, he, he likes that little vanity stuff. He wants to be a model or maybe even a commentator like Sergio Mora or something. He doesn't want to get dirty in the boxing game for the long term. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't act like you do. Yeah, he should call out Shakur. I mean, he'll get taken to school, but yeah, about to say, yeah. He doesn't want be, that. that should be a big money fight. I think because of him, it's going to be a big money fight, not because of Shakur. You know, he, no, he's got I, big boxing people know Shakur, so. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, I think big money fights is typically when the mainstream gets involved. When you just have boxing people, that's good money. Big time money comes from when people outside of boxing are intrigued and they jump on it, like a Floyd Mayweather McGregor. Boxing fans weren't really buying that to watch that, but these other people, the MMA people and the just mainstream people, well, they wanted to see that's something. Ryan like Garcia's. That's that's like probably 70% of Ryan Garcia's fans. Yeah, like, like Jake Paul guys. That's YouTube, pretty much what it comes down yeah, to. YouTube like, guys. Social media guys. So anything else you want to hit on before the curtains come down? No, not really. Not, nothing I can think of. Because that fight, I'm, I'm, still, that I'm still, still a little salty about Cheryl Swoops opening her mouth. And oh, man. Her. Disrespectful and for the wrong reasons. And we already know what the reasons are. And, you know, I think the Aces are giving uh, Candace Parker another year, a one-year extension, so I decided to a one-year contract. I mean, that's just news that I saw, not that I actually keep up with it. I I did see that headline. I didn't even know she was retired. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, she, I, 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 don't, I don't follow the WM. No, no, I don't. That just happened to pass through. And I remember her more from being a commentator than even being a player these days. I mean, I remember her college days. And I remember when she was married to um, – what was it, Sheldon? Uh, what's the name from uh, Duke years ago? Yeah, and I was wondering, this dude? But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think she's bad on TNT or TBS, you know, wherever she comes out. She does March Madness, too. Mm -hmm. As long as they don't start that comparing WNBA to NBA and, and salaries and why they're not getting paid nonsense. And it seems like that's becoming more of a conversation these days. Of, well, we should get paid or telling players or people use headlines of, NBA players should pull their money to give them money. Who the hell? Wow. Stop. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Wait for Caitlin, man. She's gonna get y'all some. <clears throat> they don't want that part though. They only want the money. 
Yep. But anyway, I got the 49ers. Trav has the 49ers. Yep. 20, what you doing for the game? What are you doing for the game? Oh, I was actually going to do a whole thing, man, but I chose against it this time. I was like, you know what? Nothing. I just have two stakes that I'm going to do. I'm going to actually use those stakes on Saturday, not Sunday, after I do my five-mile run. I have another race this Saturday. So, so you know what? I might as well treat me. And this bad behavior is the reason why we're not having a Super Bowl party. Just say that. Understood. Understood. I'm having a potluck. Not a lot of people, maybe like eight or nine. But uh, we got meatballs, uh, chili cheese dip, um, I'm saying cheddar, <laughs> potato, cheddar bacon potatoes or something here. We got, man, we can have some good stuff, man. Too bad you live so far away. For real. Man, you always got the spread going on anyway, man. You the dude, fight always. night, football, whatever. <laughs> do you have a March Madness? That's how we do, man. That's how we do. I know. Do you have anything for March Madness or you just? Nah, you know, March yeah. Madness, we go to, we go to the, to the bars. Man, look. Because <laughs> uh, otherwise, I got to bring the TV from the living room. I got to take yeah. the phone, the TV out of my office. And we, then I got to have all four TVs. It's easier to just go to the bar. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, I could do the split screen on one TV, but why do I want to look at four corners? Fuck that. Yeah, and chill with all and the dudes at the bar. Typically, everybody has something in common, at least it's in a good-natured way most times before people start getting a little off their rock with the drinking. Anyway, I ain't never gotten any fights on March Madness. Oh, not fights, just regular arguments, the typical sports argument. Oh, man, go for this fight and stuff. It, it's just oh. funny because at the bars, you'll find somebody like you might be watching, let's say, Tennessee versus Long Beach State or something. Yeah, and there'll be two Tennessee fans over, like, where the fuck are these Tennessee fans from? <laughs> for real. Right? All right. And so you're going for the underdog. But you want you don't want to be that guy to to annoy them, right? So you're trying to keep it under control. But like, oh shit, Long Beach stays up 15. I think this one's over. They're all salty in the corner. Remember <laughs> <laughs> those salt, a set of Barbara Gauchos, man? Those guys <clears throat> out there. But man, yeah, you get, you get fan. Oh, that's the one thing about March Madness, man. You start getting all these closet fans because I remember even the year just a couple years ago with St. Peter's coming out of Jersey when they only had like freaking like 400, 500 people show up to their to their game, you know, the last game of the season. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when they started making that run, you had thousands of people inside their little <laughs> dinner, man. I'm like, cut it out, man. But I, I understand that bandwagon. That's what it's all about, I guess, when you get down to that. Yeah, but, it's yep. like when Loyola went to, to the Final Four. Like, Yeah, what, yeah that was cool. I like Here that. you go. Yeah, like, you know, Loyola's, I can get there probably within an hour. So, every not, I'm not going to say everybody, but people are like, yeah, let's go rambling. What, what the hell? What's the name? <laughs> I can't even remember. You're all the rambling. And they sister, uh, what, sister Mary was there? Yeah, they had Sister Mary. But let's go Ramblers. Let's go Ramblers. Let's go Ramblers. Come on, man. I mean, is she still alive? I know she's over 100 now. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, yeah. I mean they make the tournament. Back, way back. But yeah, they man. make the tournament. We'll find out. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, you know what? This year here, they're not playing that well at all, man. I was, mm-hmm. was kind of like, man. They can win the conference tournament. Well, that's the only way you're going to get it this time <laughs> around. Yeah, right? Hell, that hey, this is February. March Madness is freaking next month now, man. Yep. I Crazy. Got my, that's got my days blocked off. I have not even gone to a Jacksonville University game or University of North Florida game this season. That, that's like blasphemous. But that's how it's been, man, because there's been a lot of things going on. Man. I, I just can't wait for the tournament. I'm going to miss a little bit of it for being out of town. But, God, I'll try to find something to catch and catch some bits of it while I'm gone. But anyway, it's time to close it up. We'll be back on Monday talking about what had happened during the Super Bowl, which is happening, Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. So did the 49ers do it or did Kansas City defend the title? The undisputed. Rang in 49ers, the 49ers have a chance to stop the Chiefs from becoming a dynasty. A dynasty, yep. That's true. You know, what happens if, if the 49ers win, uh, wins now and then the, the Chiefs just happen to win next year? Is it a dynasty back on again or is it just a bunch of wins? Uh, they might need four. Yeah. They might need four to, to get dynasty status. Or, or consecutive, anything consecutive? Well, yeah. Like if they win this year – their dynasty. Yeah, they they lose, 
lose, then they might have to win the next two. Wow. I mean, I, really, I don't know. And, and then a lot of time you get to see three, four championships. I mean, you say three it, championships or six. It depends. Years. It depends too. Let's say they go 16 and one and dominate the postseason next year. They're like, well, that's a fucking dynasty. They yeah, yeah. Dominate. Man, making that talk <laughs> without them even going to the without them even winning the Super Bowl. It'd be like that that um that Patriots team that went undefeated until the Giants met them. But anyways, yep, that's what we have. So on Monday, we'll be back with the sports the game podcast, talking about the 49ers. What has happened? And I know some NBA is going to happen in between that. Today, by the way, oh, yesterday actually was signing day. The rest of those guys, no one even cared. But those players, we'll talk about some things next Monday. So until then, I'm Trav. He's biased in the Sports Back Bros podcast. The same deuces. Adios.